You are listening to The Sober Baddies with Elaine Schuyler Neal and Sarah Malloy. And today we are catching up with Sarah's Auntie Deb, who has over 15 years of sobriety. We first interviewed Auntie Deb last year, which you can find on SoberTownPodcast.com. She's got a great outlook on sober living and a no bullshit approach to her drinking past. Have a listen. So auntie, I think about you often because you're, you're, um, you're still, you're, you've got so much longevity in sobriety and I'm just really envious of that. I'm here like 20 months or 600 days. I just got 600 days. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it it is one day at a time. That's how I have to look at it. And before you know it, you have 16 years. So yeah, fast. Yeah. (laughs) were you having fun yeah Yeah, I'm having a great time I just think about all the different like little obstacles you must have gone through and all those times like Sarah already knows but I just found out that I have skin cancer on my eyelid and I get to get a huge chunk taken out of my eyelid and all kinds of things and so my brain has been creating all kinds of interesting dialogues around that like oh, you know, you could slip right now. People would understand. And I just wonder, you know, it's like so amazing what the brain conjures up. And I just wonder about all the things you must have had to go through in 16 years and how you got around them. Because I heard you call the addict voice, the committee. And I think that's awesome. Uh So we just had a meeting where we talked about the addict voice and what it is and what it says and where it comes from. And so we, it's been on our mind. And then auntie and I, my mom came and baked four dozen cookies. And I was like, my attic voice is going off about these cookies. She goes, it's a committee, babe. <laughs> it is the committee. <laughs> How's it work? I, I did want to just mention this to Elaine when she mentioned what you go through in uh, 16 years. So basically, sweetheart, this is just life on life's terms. So in the olden days, you would have drank yourself or drugged yourself to death, to stuff the feelings. But the beauty of sobriety is my biggest gift is it gave me a problem solution. I know how to uh, solve a problem now without having to. So what you're going through is, you know, kind of painful and pretty weird. To me, it sounds weird, but um, there is a solution. So you don't have an excuse to really get high, get low. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going to remember that feel like this sucks. Thank God I have sobriety. Problem solving skills is what that's my number one gift. Problem solving skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like I do feel like being sober helps through all these things. It's just that I also feel, though, that sometimes when you're vulnerable in the moment, Like after all these things, I get through them and I'm like, wow, okay, sobriety really helped me out there. But in the moment, sometimes if I'm feeling vulnerable, I feel like I'm that those are the moments that I'm more vulnerable to maybe relapse. And I'm trying to recognize that and navigate that and watch out for what the committee starts to (laughs) tell me, because the committee thinks up some crazy shit in my head. So today you only have one problem and that's your eye surgery that the, uh, that the doctors are going to take care of. Mm-hmm. However, if you decide to get drunk and high tomorrow, then you have two problems because you're going to be sick as a dog and you're going to be spiritually toxic tomorrow from the poison. It's so- true. 
I have thought that before that like, I can't handle another problem. So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to even open up that door, but it's just, I do find myself just, um, you know, having a hard time here and there, but I know that I'll get through it too. And that's, you know, and it's, it's easier for me to kind of just wait it out, you know? Yeah. And I think at this point, I, at least I know sobriety always wins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The committee can start talking, but sobriety, sobriety gets last bat. Yeah. Sobriety gets to wear the crown. Yeah. yeah. Totally. They get to be the queen. Totally. Auntie, what were you saying right as we were sitting down about your attractions to sobriety in the early first days? Um, I don't really remember what I was saying. About the oh, women in the meeting. So the first time I ever went to an AA meeting was in Glenwood Springs, and I was super hungover. I'd been up snorting coke and drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes. So I was sitting there <laughs> the whole time I was in the meeting. But I kept looking up, and there were all these beautiful women that were standing there with sobriety. And they had suntans and muscles on their body, and their hair was combed. They didn't have the same clothes on that they wore last night <laughs> and I just I remember that's where the hope seeped into my tears and my misery and you know I just remember this was attraction to me not promotion yeah yeah they had something she wanted oh absolutely they did mm -hmm. I do think of like the other me sometimes like when I went and stayed with my kids at that wine country and I thought like the other me would be taking that free glass of wine at check-in and ordering that bottle of wine at dinner that everybody had because it's a winery. But this me is playing in the pool with my kids, totally present, going on a walk around the vineyard and then, you know, eating French fries and watching bad TV in bed instead of putting cartoons on for my kids while I drink wine and pass out. Like there's yeah. these two me's and one of them's beautiful and the other one's sad. It's true. I do think I did feel I, it's funny that you said that because I kind of felt yesterday when I was going through a couple different mental things about what what is going on with my face. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and also because I happened to talk to two women yesterday who had just had similar skin cancer and they had huge wounds and big issues around it and it freaked me out. So um, but all I was going to say about that is I thought to myself, like I could feel the old me kind of coming through a little bit, thinking mm -hmm. like almost feeling sorry for myself, that kind of thing. I hardly ever feel sorry for myself anymore. Right. Already, I feel empowered and I feel amazing and I feel hopeful, but I could feel like that little bit of like old thinking coming into play. And I, I know that that's probably just years of ways of thinking that were counterproductive and that that's okay, that they're still there in the background, but I just have to be aware of them and, you know, and just not listen to them. But yep. do you ever get that auntie? Do you ever get like feelings? Did you ever get feeling sorry for yourself at any point in your recovery journey early on? The poor me, poor me, pour me another drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> so what do you say like did you just now do you just think like oh that's bullshit <laughs> it doesn't you know at this point in the game as I call it it doesn't I don't really go there anymore because you know I've been doing this for a while so it yeah. doesn't but you know 
it's the strength hun, that keeps you going. It's if I just go to bed and I just fall asleep, tomorrow I'm gonna wake up stronger, one little tiny bit stronger, cause I didn't take that drink. Yeah. And that's, that's how I drew the strength was just go to bed, just go to bed. And then in the morning I would feel awesome. And I'd be, yeah. you know, that's the empowerment for me. Go to bed. Right. Stay up, go to bed. You're not tired. It's still light out. Go to bed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what works. Yeah, it's like sometimes it feels like you just have to get to those next that next day, that next moment. There's a girl in our um, community called her app name is like 10 seconds at a time. And I thought that was brilliant because sometimes it does feel like that. It's like you just got to get yeah. to the next moment, that next no. hour. And you feel like that is, I think there's some expectation that that's going to be the way it is in early, early sobriety, like the first six months. But here I'm like 600 days. Damn, I'm still having these things here and there. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, but but you're like you're having them every two weeks. You know, you're not having them every minute. Yeah. Remember those early days of sobriety where you're just like you're just grabbing on to something. You're just counting to 10 every 10 seconds. And now it's like, what was she saying? She goes, I live between now. I live my life in between. Yeah, there was like a gal. She was like, I used to live to drink. And now my life is in between. I don't drink, you know? And it's like, I, I do feel like there is freedom. If there's anybody out there listening who's in that first 10 seconds right now, just hang on, dude. Keep going on those 10 seconds at a time. Go to bed, go for a walk because... Yeah, you still get challenged, but it it doesn't overtake you. It it does not hold my consciousness. I am not in a cyclone of thoughts right now. I'm in yeah. a world of gratitude. It is freedom from bondage. It really is because when you're in that world of using how you are a prisoner, you really yeah. are. And I have so much freedom today. So yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Just because I'm not in bondage anymore. I know. Who's and dope. And I used to think, I say this all the time, I used to think, you're not free. I'm free. I'm free to do this thing whenever I want to do it. And you, you can't, you did, you don't get to, you blew your wad. You're missing out. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I'm free because all those days that I was drinking, I was, all I was doing was watching the clock and counting to my next drink. How many ounces of beer are in the fridge? How many bottles of wine? I was doing math all the time trying to make sure I wouldn't yeah. run out because it was my number one priority it was my number one most important thing it never got forgotten sometimes I ran out of time and I couldn't exercise or I couldn't eat a good meal or I didn't end up reading with my kids but I never ran out of time or energy to have that drink yeah it's true it's that. true I was that. thinking about our friend who's driving across the country drifter who was driving across the country and I was thinking about when I used to go on long road trips I couldn't wait to get to my destination so I could have my drink and then yeah. in the end I was just bringing them along but still you know I know nice there's no way he could have been 14 hours he drove 14 hours because of sobriety he got there to his family early mm -hmm. boom that's awesome mm -hmm. he's awesome I can't wait for you to meet him all right, girl, I think we got to go. This was awesome. Thanks yeah. so much for making the time to meet us. Oh, of course. Well, uh, yeah. What else was I going to say? Are you saying bye now? Or are you like clicking off now? No, I had a text coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> he started touching the screen. I was like, wait, I want to say <laughs> bye to auntie first. <laughs> Do you, you have... Are...
sending lots of blessings your way with your eye thing, baby. You'll be fine. You've got this. Thank you. You have any other um, parting wisdom for those people who are struggling through the summer months? Not necessarily me, but I do talk to a lot of people who are, you know, they're seeing all the people outside. The barbecue the season. Do you yeah. ever... Always was my hardest part was the summertime because they're warm, warm parties, especially people coming off of isolation. Now it's really, really partying. Yeah. You know, I just uh, have faith, have God. You're going to you're going to be all right. You really are. You're going to land. Yeah. And sobriety will carry you through That's if it. you can cling to it. And Elaine, you said it. You go. I've tried Chardonnay. I know what happens. <laughs> I know exactly how this ends. But I've had enough Chardonnay for 10 people's it. lifetimes. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'll, it'll pay off. You just got to hang in there with it. And you'll, you will walk away from that party. You'll wake up that next day going, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> it is. You make it look good, Sarah. You really do. You both. <laughs> it does. I love it. I love it. It carries me. It's my first priority. Yay. Well, so good to see you both. I can't wait to see you in person again, Auntie. Maybe I'll come out there in July. Well, I probably won't come out there in July because I'll be wearing an eye patch. Like, we'll have you a pirate party. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) For a little bit, maybe. I could rock it. It'll be like Kill Bill, have the eye patch like Kill Bill walk around with a. You'll be great. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll see you guys soon. So good to talk to you. Bye-bye, Elaine. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear Deb's amazing story of recovery, you can hear the full interview from last year at SobertownPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcast content.